0: You're listening to the God-Centered Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom to four young boys, I know motherhood's hard, but sometimes I think I make it even harder than it needs to be. I'll worry about my needs being met, or I'll spend so much energy trying to make my boys happy that I forget that if I would take my eyes off me and my eyes off my kids and keep my eyes on God, that those desires would grow strangely dim and their contentment would go up as I'm led by his spirit. I also forget that I'm surrounded by God. He is going before me in places that I'm fearful of. He is walking with me on the hard days, and he's coming behind me, redeeming any mistake I made. So each week, I'll interview a new guest, and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. You're listening to episode 26 of the god Mom podcast. In today's episode, I interview Christy Elkins, writer at Letters from the Nest. In her adorable Tennessee accent, she shares her story of small-town living, how she and her high school sweetheart husband, who also is a law enforcement officer, happy Memorial Day, decided to embrace small living, move to a farm, and homeschool her kids. She also shares about a viral blog post she wrote, and a lie that a lot of moms are believing. I hope you will enjoy her words about celebrating small living. Hey y'all, welcome to the God-Centered Mom Podcast. Today I am so excited to have a good friend who doesn't live near me, but I wish she would. Um, I met Christy Elkins through our Hello Mornings. Um, We would check in on Twitter and I got to know her then. And then um, I met her in real life at a conference and i have just kind of been walking this mommy journey alongside of her, and um, I just wanted to share her story with you guys. Um, there's a lot of points in it that I think will resonate with some of the listeners that I've gotten to know, and so um, welcome, Christy, to the god Center Mom podcast. Thanks for having me, Heather. So tell everybody that's listening, you are a mom, and tell us about your husband, your kids, what are their names and ages and all that jazz. Okay. We have three children. Um, our oldest is
1: a daughter named Eden, and she will be seven in July. And then our middle child, his name is August, and he is four. And then our youngest is Titus, and he will be three in June. Um, I am have been married almost 10 years to my high school sweetheart, Brandon, and um, he is a law enforcement, and he is incredibly talented. Um, and we um, live in our hometown of La Follette, Tennessee. It's in East Tennessee. And we um, purchased a farm about a year ago. So we're just chilling out on the farm and trying to keep everything alive
0: out here. Okay, so let's go back real quick. Okay, first of all, love the names Eden, August, Titus. When you yeah. pick names, do you like, what's your source? Do you just get inspired <laughs> and you? each one has its own story probably, maybe?
1: They do. Um, Each of the children have a family name and a biblical name. And both boys go by their middle names, and so does Brandon. So really, the only person in our house that goes by their actual given name every single day is Eden.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so have you seen the movie August Rush? I have not. And a lot of people asked me that when I was pregnant with August. And, of course, you know, I always had intentions of watching and never did. Should I watch it? Is it? pretty good. Totally. This summer, everyone listening should see August Rush. It is awesome. I even bought the soundtrack. It's that good. It's really good. And now I've built it up and your expectations are high. But I think it can meet those expectations. It's really fabulous story of redemption and giftedness and great passionate music. It's good. I like it. And then Brandon, let's get to Brandon. You just really quickly mentioned he's a law enforcement officer. Just said it real fast. Um, My husband works at a desk and on a computer. He does not fight crime. So that is really awesome. I am – I'm just thankful. Tell Brandon we're thankful that he is doing the hard work for us in Tennessee, keeping keeping order and chaos. <laughs> really appreciate it. And you're in Tennessee um, in a small town. And one of the things I remember, Christy, when you and I met was – um, and – through that relationship, you had contacted me, and a lot of people in what is it, September, October, write these thirty-one day posts, thirty-one ways to uh, clean home, thirty-one days to cooked meals every night, or whatever. And you said, "I'm thinking about doing a thirty-one day series um, about living in my my town," and I thought oh, that is cool, very cool, and. Can you tell everyone what made you want to write 31 Days about your town? What was the driving force behind that?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I have lived in this town pretty much my entire life. And, you know, I think as you are in middle school and high school, and it always becomes this expectation of you're going to graduate, you're going to go to college, and you're going to move off somewhere and just do all these things. Well, you know, I graduated, I went to college, and then I stayed put. And, you know, we got married, we had children, and... You know, I thought there has to be 31 good things about where we live. There just has to be. Um, and so it, I, in 2012, I did 31 days of a small town gal and just really, I took my children on a journey and we just went to different um, small town eateries, um, historical places, parks, uh, our favorite ice cream shop. And by the time we were done it really opened my eyes to a lot of really fun things that you can do right here in our town. And to be honest, I probably could have continued to do it because it just really inspired me to just to look for things, fun, frugal ideas for families to do right where they are.
0: I think that's a good message too. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people who don't love where they live, you know, or even just love the situation they're in. And I think, Taking a moment, it's almost like the Envos Camp 1000 Gifts. Taking a moment to just see where you are and see what's awesome about it and really embracing what is good. Because, I mean, we've lived in lots of cities and some really cool cities. So, moving to Dallas, I was, even though it's urban, I was like, really, Dallas? And where are all the people? It seemed like everyone lived in cars and there's concrete everywhere. But if I, I've, as I've gotten to know in the last 10 years, there's some really awesome things here that if, Without comparing it, it was when I compared it to San Francisco and I compared it to Chicago that I was miserable. Um, so I think it's really cool that you kind of fell in love with where you're from, right? Definitely, and I I think that you know
1: we're so spoiled in East Tennessee because we're surrounded by beautiful mountains and lakes and rivers and just plenty of places to hike. I mean, it's just amazing. And when you grow up here, you just don't realize how gorgeous it is until you. You know, until you travel and you come back home and you think, you know, I love being able to go to the grocery store and everyone knows my children's names. Or, you know, when you, when Brandon and I got married, of course you have to change your last name on everything. And I went down to the insurance company to change my last name, and the lady that works down there, bless her heart, she's been there for fifty years, and and uh, she said you all are the perfect match, and here's why. And she gave me like a genealogy of like. Here's my grandfather. Here's his grandfather. They are both insurance holders in this place.
0: And she just kept on down the line. And I thought, oh, my goodness, she really does know both our families. And that is, her, I, have goose, I have goosebumps. <laughs> I have goosebumps. She's like the little lady, like, who knows the town and all the generations of the town. Wow. How cool yeah, is that? She knows her stuff.
1: She knows her stuff. And, you know, there's just a lot of, I think, genuine aspect. Well, that's aspects, just rare. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. And she's really sweet, too. But, you know, I just think if we really encourage our families and our children just to love where God has them, then when they have children, they're going to be able to share these stories about, you know, mom and dad sitting on the porch swing and sipping their sweet tea. Because those things really
0: do happen here. I mean, <laughs>
1: that's just. The <laughs> they really do. Yeah, they okay,
0: really I'm do. coming. <laughs> I'm coming. Well, and I think, I mean, we moved every year, our first five years of marriage. Um, there is something really like appealing to just going back to where I'm from, where I grew up. My, both my parents are from Indiana and that's where I, I was in the same house until high school, until I graduated. And it would be nice to like run into people who knew both my parents and who know our story, know my grandparents. I don't have that. I don't have that. And that is, there's, there is something about our culture of new and different and moving. And the only way to good is to, to change and, um, going back to those roots. That's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Tell tell everybody, I would love for you to tell about um, your writing. First of all, let's talk about where you write. Where are you okay. writing right now?
1: Okay. Um, I, locally, I'm a newspaper columnist um, for the Lafollette Press. That's our weekly newspaper here. Um, I blog at lettersfromthenest.com. Um, I'm a contributor to the Knoxville Moms blog, and the Alum blog for the conference and the Hello Mornings challenge. I think we're going to start um, posting on Inspired Action on Wednesday, which I'm very excited about. And I'm the social media director
0: for Hello Mornings. I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. Well, let's go back to the very first thing you say. You write for the local newspaper, which, again, so awesome because, I mean, we don't get a paper anymore. And I think it's so... I love I reading books. Like, I don't even like Kindle so much. Like, I like to turn a page and to, like, hold a newspaper and um, tell, like, how – okay. I don't even know how to phrase this question. I just want you to tell everybody your family history and how it relates to the newspaper um, and how you even got into that.
1: Sure. Um, my grandfather, um, Bill Devers, is whom I like to call small-town famous. Because everyone loved him and loved his writing, and he wrote for the same newspaper for over twenty years. Um, even after he had a stroke, he the doctors told him you're never going to be able to speak again or write again. But my grandfather is the kind of person that proves everyone wrong, and so he could he he would he was able to write, um, you know, pretty much up to his death. And so after he passed away, several years later, uh, well, actually. About two years ago, the editor approached me and said, "You know what? Have you ever thought about writing for the paper? Just kind of picking up where your grandfather left off." Um, and so I jumped at that because it's a legacy piece for me. You know, I mean, everyone loved Papa, and and I, you know, I try to kind of keep the same theme. And when I write, just you know, things about our family and just kind of keeping everyone up to to speed with what's going on there, and funny things that happen on our farm, and you know, just. Um, things like that. And so I've been writing for the paper for two years now and I absolutely love it.
0: That is so great. I'm really big into like giftedness and God using things in different ways. And I really love the connectedness of like how generationally you can pass on these things and and looking back at what your parents did and how you stand on their shoulders or your grandparents. And so I think it's super cool that you have taken on the baton from your grandfather in writing for this paper? And are your kids writers? Like, do they sit down and write? Or maybe you're gonna have to wait for your grandkids?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good question. Well, the boys really aren't old enough yet. But um, Eden's starting to get more into journaling. And um, even just last night, Brandon and I were sitting there with her and he said, I really think you're going to be just like your mom and and want to tell these stories. And and so I hope out of the three of them, you know, one of them decides to, to continue on the tradition and um, you know, I can remember when I was in elementary and middle school, just sitting there with my grandfather, and he would just be typing away at that word processor and, you know, classical music and show, you know, show a tune just blaring on the, the radio there, and um, he just inspired me in just big ways, and after he passed away, um he had been over a year at least, my grandmother called and said, you need to come over here, and she said, you know, your grandfather didn't specifically tell me who he wanted Wallet to go, to whom, you know? And he said the yeah. only the only thing that he was specific about was his work process or he wanted you to have it. Um Aww. if I'm looking at it right now, I mean, you know, it's this big gigantic machine, but it just needs so <laughs> much because um because it's just a piece of him and, and that legacy there.
0: So I'm just really just proud to be his granddaughter and, and just continuing to share those stories. That's so awesome. Okay, so tell uh, tell us the story about how you moved to a farm because I think when I first met you, you didn't you didn't live on a farm. Yeah, no, we did not. Abby. How did that happen? How did y'all make that decision? Because I every day I'm like, let's just go to a farm. Let's just let the kids. <laughs> I I grew up on five acres. Well, we had fifteen, sold them off, and then five when I was growing up. And I would just play all day outside. And so having four boys, I really want to live on a farm, but. How do you make that transition? What was your process?
1: Well, you know, my husband and I were praying several years ago, but we really just wanted to live a simpler life. We just wanted our focus to be on, on God and family. And I and had that life like when we were kids, like you said, just you know, going out when the sun rose, coming in for lunch, and then coming in when the sun went down. And where we were living before, which we're still in the same town, but we were in a residential area. We had homes on all four sides of us. Um, we had about a half acre and my husband, like I said, is in law enforcement and he's very, very good at what he does, which is good for the people that are, that are law abiding citizens. But for those who are not, you know, they're not a huge fans, mm. And so, oh, right. um, <laughs> yes. so, you know, it kind of came to where we were having people figure out where we slept at night. So, mm. you know, we were like, we really just want to go back to. You know, back to when yeah, back to the nineteen nineties when we were kids and things were good. And so we just we would leave church on Sunday afternoon and we would just drive and we would go to different properties, visit them, and we would, you know, if there were reasons to eliminate them or whatever it was, we would do that. And my only thing was I didn't care how I didn't care if it was a small house. I don't need a big home. I just wanted two bathrooms, just two toilets at work. Um <laughs> So, it all kind of came about very quickly, but in 2013, we came across a huge piece of property in a small house that needed some major attention and love, but um, we actually switched properties. So, the person that owned this land, we um, bought 35 acres in our home. It has a barn and a pond, and then he bought our home. So, very interesting situation. Wow.
0: So he yeah. wanted a different life.
1: Okay. He did. He kind of wanted the downsize, And we were looking for, here's, you know, here's the backyard kids. Here are the woods. Have fun. Um, and then we bought an additional 11 acres later on. So
0: we 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 love it. We just absolutely love it. And are you doing farming? I mean, with him being a law enforcement, like, does he have nine, different hours? So you guys are actually farming the land? How are you using, besides letting your kids play, is it like a business too?
1: Well, it's all those things, really. And he is actually in a different job now than he was before, but he's still in law enforcement. But his hours are a lot less than they used to be, so he's home Mm. so much more, which is awesome and kind of unusual. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But but we um, we do have animals. We have currently, as of today, we have chickens, roosters, rabbits. um, Let's say chickens, roosters, rabbits. Goats. And we have
0: we have a cat. I, I never thought I'd have a cat, but he's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> he came with a mortgage, so what are you going
0: to say? Um, no, we have a black cat, if that makes you feel better. We have a black cat. <laughs> this cat, you know, he's fat and sad. Well, chickens, roosters, rabbits, goats, is all of that. Do you sell any of the things that the chickens and the goats milk, or do you just keep it all for yourself?
1: We At this point, we've been giving away eggs just you okay. know, to our family and friends, but we... We went out last night and we planted a garden for the very first time. So wow, (laughs) we will have some vegetables soon. So I would like to, you know, sell some eggs and tomatoes and things at the farmer's market just as a educational piece for the kids. You know, we're obviously not going to make a ton of money, but just to show the children, you know, we're growing these things on our land. They're worth something to people.
0: Here's how you make money. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a lemonade stand. But just a different version. <laughs> just eggs, yeah, exactly. It's an and entrepreneurial change. study. Well, that's awesome. Anything else? I you mentioned. Oh, you mentioned something else that you do on your land. What did you say?
1: Oh yeah, we had got... a wedding out here.
0: Yeah, um, oh, at our barn, so cool.
1: and it was so great. And it was a fellow um, police officer, and and his of course now wife, but it was beautiful, and everyone had such a good time. And I said, Brandon, we should like turn this into something. And so a couple of weeks later, um, a, f- a friend of my brother's approached me and, and asked about having a wedding out here as well. So I think her wedding is going to be in October,
0: and so um, local people, if anyone's listening, feel free <laughs> to give me a call. Uh, contact her. I'll put her. I'll put her contact info <laughs> in the show notes. <laughs> you can you can look Christy up and uh, yeah. Okay, where is where is La? Fou- okay, I didn't even say it. La Follette. Oh my stars! I can't say it. La Follette. Is that how you say
1: it? Um, that's the kind of fancy way,
0: but you know, round <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> we just call it the but it Okay, Lafollette. La yes. Where? Okay, Tennessee. Tell me, like, what's a major city nearby? We are about about an hour north of Knoxville. We go to Knoxville
1: all the time. Oh, that's um, right. Our, you said you wrote for Knoxville. Okay. Yeah, Knoxville Mom's Blog, and our homeschool call op is also in Knoxville, so we're over there quite a bit. We're about three hours from Nashville, Nashville is west of us. And we're close to the Kentucky border, so we're kind of Upper
0: East Tennessee, okay. but little town and. And you mentioned homeschool, so you're homeschooling your three kiddos. How is that? Was that your choice? Are you? I mean, where where do you love that? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I'm growing to love it, and <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice way was, was it something you had to do because of the move?
1: No, no, it really was just a conviction for me and Brandon. Um, We just kind of felt like we wanted to be able to train our children the way the Lord wanted that for our family. And the way that looks like for us is just to be able to memorize scripture together whenever we want to during the day. Um, And, you know, of course, now that we live on a farm, there's plenty of uh, science experiments and, you know, (laughs) plenty of activities to do and and things to learn. But I I think as by nature, I'm not a very good teacher, but I know that, in that weakness that God can, can strengthen me in that. And so I just keep on relying on that, on that. So but, you know, this is our second year and it's gone a whole lot better this year. So I'm, I'm excited to see how the fall goes for us. I'm going to continue to do things throughout the summer to keep our, keep our minds fresh and, and things. But... Yeah.
0: Well, I'll, I'll encourage you. I'll encourage you. I was homeschooled from third grade to eighth. And um, as it got, you know, as I got into the higher grades, it was less my mom having to actually teach. It was more like she would just tell me what pages to do in a book or what to read. And so it was a lot of self-study too. So, you know, you might have to explain some stuff, but if you do a good job on teaching reading, (laughs) they can teach themselves
1: a lot (laughs) from books. Well, what's fun about it, I think, and what's starting to pique my interest even more is that I love we can just go to museums, we can go to parks, we can go You know, if I feel like we need to get out of the house, we can do that. And we can do that on our own timetable. And um, Eden had her first first grade testing this year, first time she ever had a test. And, of course, internally I was panicked because I was one of those kids in school that tests would be the biggest deal ever to me. But I didn't want to, you know, put that on her. And so I just kind of tried to play it cool, which I'm not that person at all. But she got her (laughs) scores back, and she did really, really well. But her number one thing was social studies. And I said, Brandon, I don't know if we can crack a book in social studies this year. I've just been out. Like the social studies element of homeschooling for me has been museums and, you know, different historical places you can drive to close to our home. I think she's an experience-based learner, which would be good for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. That's awesome. Well, um, okay. So we talked about your writing and we talked about your farm. I would love um, – you have written a piece that kind of went a little nutso, right? A little <laughs> nutso on the inner worlds. We use the word viral, but Anne calls that a sickness to be a virus. But we, we <laughs> I think what it was is you wrote a piece that what connected with a lot of women, and, and it was called When Satan – or wait, no, not even when – Satan's trying to steal your motherhood. Tell me the real title. What's the real title that I'm making up myself?
1: You're doing a good job. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> you're on the money. It's <laughs> Satan steals your motherhood. Yes, that was okay. the name of it.
0: Okay, and um, for anyone who's listening, who ha- I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but um, just tell everyone what what is that? What is that about? What what were you writing about? You
1: know, I just as a mother, I think a lot of times we. At the end of the day, we're frustrated, and we're tired, and we, re- we replay our days in our heads, and we think about all these horrible things that we've done wrong, and I'm just tired of that. I'm tired of being in the mindset of that I'm a total failure as a parent, and the more I really prayed about it and started to think about it and thinking about my actions for my children, there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on there. You know, mm-hmm. God loves mothers and wants them to mother his children for his glory. Well, Satan hates that. Of course, mm-hmm. he's going to want to come into our homes and, and destroy our days. He's looking for mm-hmm. someone to devour and mothers are a great choice. And so when Satan steals your motherhood, who was kind of just an explanation of my heart on the matter. I was just trying to be very honest and sincere about, I mess up every day as a mom a lot, like a whole, whole lot. And, you know, that's a big deal, but God is ever forgiving and, and loving and patient with me as a parent. And and Satan doesn't want that. He doesn't want that relationship between mother and child and wife and husband to glorify the Lord. He does not want that. And so it's just, I guess, a learning process for me. I mean, I'm still a young parent and with little kids, and I'm just
0: learning every day as I go. But I think even being a young parent, I think those are the years when we do feel a lot of defeat because it's a lot of um, re— a lot of defeat because of the repeat, like the just— doing the same things over again the next day, a lot of the same cleaning tasks, you aren't getting quite the reward. I'm sure with Eden, you're seeing some of that reward, like the fun conversations. And I just feel like my six and eight-year-old, it's it's more enjoyable than it is challenging. But with the little kids, it's like you can feel defeated because the whole day you did nothing but clean up things that got destroyed again. Or you allowed frustration and fatigue and isolation to cause you to lash out at your kids. And so I do think the years that you're in, that is a common theme that a lot of moms feel at the end of the day, just defeated, like, does this really matter? And of course, Satan wants to keep whispering that, like, no, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. You're doing a bad job. Um, And I think not letting him get a foothold, I think that's really wise. I think it was a wise thing and obviously resonated with a lot of people. lot of people. So thank you for writing it. Did you get any negative? Did you get any negative? Like, we're you know, when people mention Satan, it's kind of like, oh, she believes in those things. It's like, we're not allowed to say his name. Like he's Voldemort or something. So (laughs) (laughs) did you get any negative feedback from people? I did. I did get, I did get some negative feedback. And you
1: know, I've always been what people would consider a quote unquote smaller blogger, you know? And so when I had rebranded my blog at the beginning of the year, this particular post just went crazy. And at first I thought, oh, it's because I'm using WordPress now. Maybe I'm reaching more people. <laughs> so, I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, but then it just kept on and kept on. And, and people like my friends would, you know, write me and say, I have a friend, you know, overseas that's read this. And I thought, wow, really?
0: But um, Yes, I did have a lot of negativity come from that. Like, well, yeah, when I found that, like, any post of mine that gets a broader reach, like, I had one about Easter and the basket thing, and it went farther than my little normal audience. And when it goes into that place, and they don't know your heart, and they don't know you, and you aren't even starting at the same foundation of beliefs, you get, it's like, you get crazy. People who don't even believe in sin are not going to like a post where you're teaching your kids about sin. So, yeah. So what did people say? Anything?
1: Um, You know, just things from Satan's not real. I got a lot of that. To um, you are ignorant and um, that I was whining about my current situation and putting things off on my husband, which I really had to go back and think. I thought, did I mention my husband in that at all? Because I tried to, you know— I love my husband very much and he's incredible at everything he does. So I feel like I always try to uplift him and, and things and so, I'm like, where's that even coming
0: from? But
1: <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? But, You're you know, like,
0: that's a lie from Satan.
1: From <laughs> kidding. Kidding. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it it, it was in, in the long run, it was a good thing because it's thickened my skin and my resolve. And, you know, Brandon said, Christy, the more you write and the more courage you have in your writing some people just aren't going to like it. <laughs> I know that's true. I mean, again, growing up in a small town, you see someone out, they're going to say, Oh, I loved your article in the press this week. But those will yeah. say people, you know, aren't <laughs> always yeah. going to say things other places. Um, so.
0: I think it's, I think what you said was an important message. And I do think that if we're going to believe in God, we have to believe that his counterpart, Satan is real. Um, that there isn't a real live enemy that really does seek to kill and destroy. I mean, that once you – you can't give him too much credit and you can't ignore him, right? We do it disservice service okay. when we do either one. Um, and, you know, today I was out and about without my kids, which, you know, only one more day of that for summer. And every time I see a mom with her kids – I just wanna hug her <laughs> and just because I can see like either the exhaustion on her face or the frustration or the annoyance and anytime I see her just hold a kid close and give him a kiss or you know, smile and just enjoy where she is, I just it just makes me feel so good. I don't and if she's not, I just wanna say, you know what? You're doing a great job <laughs> and like like I know it is so hard and you're giving so much out to your kids and they may not be acting exactly how you want, but just keep pouring on the love. Um and I don't know why I can't tell myself that, but like when I see other moms out and about, like that's what I want to I want to put my arm around them and tell them. Um yes. and at the end of the day, if I could meet with each of my friends and in their defeated versions of themselves, I would tell them the same thing. Like, you were doing great. You showed up. You loved well. Um I didn't see every decision you made today, but I'm sure God did and that, that he can redeem all of it. Every pain, every every mistake. So yeah, that is a good message, Miss Christy. Miss Christy. Well, thank you Christy for being on our show today. I really have loved sharing your stories and um if y'all want to keep up with Christy, you go to her her site, Letters from the Nest, and I'll put that in the show notes. Um, and if you need a place to have a wedding, you know where to go. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I am, uh, so thankful that you and Brandon have chosen to raise your family for the Lord and to teach them well and give them a simpler life on the farm. It's very fun. It's very fun. So thank you, Christy. Thanks
1: for having Uh me. Thank you.
0: And you have a fabulous, fabulous day. You as well. Get ready for those thunderstorms coming. Yeah, we just had them. So you you get, you get, hold on tight. <laughs> they were big. They were big. All right. Enjoy your day. See ya. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.